Blog Talk Radio. Show. We're calling live in from the man cave. Motormouth Mosley here. Today we're going to talk a little bit of sports. Hopefully we can have a few folks call in. But most importantly, folks, we've got football. Dallas Cowboys are in Canton, Ohio, playing against the Miami Dolphins in the first preseason game, the Hall of Fame game. It'll be the first of five preseason games for both teams because they are playing an all fame game. They do get an additional week of practice and uh, evaluation. Uh, as of last night, had a great induction ceremony at the Hall of Fame. Uh, some absolutely fantastic speeches, a lot of humor, a lot of heartfelt sentiments. Uh, love Larry Allen's speech. Uh, Chris Carter was fantastic. Bill Parcells was poignant. Uh, just a great time, a lot of emotion. Uh, guys talking about where, where they came from and what they went through, and uh, it was just it was a great evening. Of course, it's always nice to see Cowboys, and and I'll even throw Parcells in there as a former Cowboy uh, getting uh, you know their shot uh, to be in the Hall of Fame. It was absolutely fantastic. But uh, before I get into the football thing, there are a couple of things I want to address first. One being Tiger Woods showed up again and showed out. Shot a 61 on Friday, which for you people that aren't golf aficionados, uh, is an unbelievable, fantastic score. It is his career low. Um, I think a couple of guys have shot 59s on the tour, but a 61 is something to be respected and honored. It was pretty, pretty dang cool to see the results, and it actually could have been a 59 if not for a couple of missed short butts. Uh, it wouldn't have done any good if he didn't uh, finish it out, which N.B. Park was shooting for a seasonal Grand Slam that's winning all four majors, which was in Akron, Ohio. So it was a big big weekend for Akron, for Ohio as a whole. More importantly, more than anything else, let's talk football. Dallas Cowboys opened up tonight against Miami Dolphins. Both teams had mediocre seasons last year. Dolphins had an excuse, new new coaching staff, very young team. Um, so they're, both te- they're definitely looking to make some things happen next this coming season. They return Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, uh, who played some wide receiver and quarterback at Texas A&M University. But it was his first year. And of all the, the young quarterbacks that came out in last year's draft, he was probably the one who probably needed to sit on the bench for a year. He had some struggles. Uh, again, the whole team was in fact, was young, and uh, so he went through some growing pains. Uh, he didn't quite have the same type of season that Andrew Luck or Robert Griffin III or or, uh, or Wilson had, but he, he held his own. He held his own. So there, he is definitely there. Uh, looks like he's going to be their future quarterback if they can keep him upright. Uh, one of the things that they need to address is their offensive line, and it looks like they did in the offseason. They picked up Tyson Clayball from Atlanta, who had some experience to their offensive line. Uh, they lost Jake Long, which was kind of a shock because he had been in the number one pick a couple, of, a couple of three, four years ago. So it was kind of a shock that they let him go. But uh, that was one of the things they made. Now, that the Miami team as a whole suffered last year. One of the problems they had was that they – 
um, lacked explosiveness on offense. They really didn't have any deep threats. They were a ball control team and didn't have ball control team type talent. So they went and did a couple of things. They let Reggie Bush go. He's now, I believe, in Chicago. Then they've got Devon Best, who's now, I believe, in Cleveland. Uh, they let both of those guys, and like I said earlier, they let Jake Long go uh, by way of free agency also. So they did some revamping in the offseason. Uh, they picked up Mike Wallace, wide receiver uh, from uh, the Steelers, who probably better than anybody else and probably better than anybody since Randy Moss can take the top off of a defense like nobody. Just unbelievable deep threat. Give some hands, not great hands. Uh, definitely not an Anquan Bolden type receiver, but he is a, a wide receiver with a lot of skill, a lot of ability, and can definitely stretch the field. Uh, they drafted uh, on defense, they drafted Deion Jordan, the rookie out of Oregon, who should make some improvements there. But their, their biggest issue is that they're so very young on the line. I think three out of five returnees, uh, returning starters are, are in their second year uh, or second or third year. And uh, the running backs are now depleted. They got Lamar Miller uh, out of the U uh, playing running back and um, also uh, Daniel Thomas. Uh, so they, they got some unknown players in the backfield. We don't know exactly what to expect. Uh, they picked up Javorski Lane off the streets last year uh, who had been – uh, a big-time fullback at Texas A&M and you know, didn't get secured by any team, but he ended up uh, getting picked up late last year, so he'll be their starting fullback. And at 5'11", about 260, he can get a little run at running back. So hopefully between the three of those guys, they can help improve uh, their running attack, uh, keep some of the pressure off of uh, Ryan Tannehill, who was on his back 35 times last year. Hard to do anything positive with your quarterback on his back most of the time. So Coach Joe Philbin has, you know, he has he has a lot on his plate that he needs to fix. But we'll see what happens. Uh, they should be somewhat skilled, like I said. They got Brian, re-signed Brian Hartline, wide receiver, and uh, they got Mike Wallace out of Pittsburgh. So outside wide, they should be okay. I don't like the fact that they did lose Devon Best, who was probably their best possession receiver. So I, they still have some gaps. We'll see what's going to happen tonight. Uh, and unlike Dallas, I would assume that Miami's probably going to play their starters a little bit more just because they probably uh, feel the need to evaluate some players and some uh, roster spots a little bit more than Dallas does. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, just wanted to remind you, you are listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. You can call in at 347-945-7975. I know that there are a lot of people who have been itching to talk football, uh, a lot of people who were itching to talk Cowboy football. I had a couple of people who kind of defriended me because I was hesitant on making this a Dallas Cowboy radio show. But that's okay because I, I want to make it make it, all teams welcome. That if you want to talk about your team and uh, have an intelligent discussion about them, feel free to call in. Um, like I said, tonight's game should be interesting. Now, if you're expecting Dallas to come and play Tony Romo and Daz Bryan and Sean Lee a lot, that's just not going to happen. With the additional preseason game, Dallas has more time to evaluate talent, and there's actually no need for them to play uh, certain starters, uh, DeMarcus Webb being another one. Uh, there's no need for them to play them a lot because they know what they're bringing to the table. They're ready to play, and it gives them more of an opportunity to look at some positions that 
look at some positions that may be uh, that may be a little bit more uh, in question. Uh, the big change for the offseason for the Dallas Cowboys is they brought in Monty Kiffin from actually the University of Southern California by way of Tampa Bay, and they're switching over from a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 defense, and uh, that's a pretty drastic scheme change uh, for a team, but they made the same, just the opposite change a few years ago when Bill Parcells came into town. So we'll see what happens with this with this new uh, it used to be called the Tampa 2 defense. I'm calling it the Dallas Boost defense. So we'll see what happens with that switch and how well 73-year-old Monty Kiffin can still coach at, at such an age and he's going to make a difference. Uh, looks like we've got a caller calling in. Uh, I'll be right with you in a few minutes, caller. I do want to get what you got to say because I'm sure it's some good stuff. Um, as for the Cowboys, like I said, if you're looking to see Tony Romo tonight, you may see him for a series, but it won't be much longer than that. If you're looking at seeing some Des Bryant, you probably won't see him either. But you'll see some guys like uh, Joseph Randall, who is a draft pick out of uh, Oklahoma State. We'll probably get a good look at him, a good dose at Phil Tanner, uh, playing running back also. You'll get a good look at uh, Terrence Williams, wide receiver out of Baylor. Uh, supposedly a deep threat. Watched him play when he was in college. Very dynamic, very good hands. Uh, Dallas picked him up in the draft, so it should be very interesting to see him play. Um, but like I said, uh, this will not be a situation where you will get to see a lot of the stars, court players, the Jason Wittens of the world, playing tonight. So we're going to see if Dallas is going to go into the season and improve on that 8-8 record last year, which was very disappointing for us Dallas Cowboy fans. Um, you know, right now, I would like to take this call and see what he has to say. Hello, caller. Hello, caller. Mr. Mosley. Hello, caller. It sounds like Coach Howard, if I didn't know any better. It is Coach Howard calling from the Tiki Bar. Uh-oh. That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> That reminds me of the days of hanging out at Players University and Players Downtown. <laughs> That's right. Anxiously awaiting for kickoff. <laughs> We've got football. Now, for you folks that don't know, not only do Coach, and Ho- Coach Howard and I go back, ooh, geez, 30-plus years. Uh, well, it's almost 30 years, not quite 30 years. I'm giving this a little bit too much. Probably 27, 28 years. But the interesting story about our friendship is it goes back to when we were both University of Hawaii football players, and I can hear the glasses sinkling in the background, but um, <laughs> we were both uh, practicing for UH, and I actually broke Coach Howard's leg. Coach Howard was a kicker, and I was on the uh, field goal and punt block team, and I ruined his career because he was the next way guy the next Sebastian Janikowski <laughs> up until I broke his leg. So, he's, got, he's got two beautiful kids, and when he has grandkids, he can sit them on his lap and said, if it wasn't for Motor Mouth, I could have been in the Hall of Fame like those guys last night, but that idiot broke my leg at practice. Coach <laughs> <laughs> uh, Howard, we got a great game coming up tonight. We got a great game coming tonight. Although it is only preseason, we can't put a whole lot of credence into uh, 
the first preseason games because it really has little, if any, effect on the season for either team other than some uh, evaluation of talent. But going into this game, uh, what are you looking to see? Uh, I mean, I, don't, I know you're not a Cowboys fan, and I know you're not really a Dolphins fan. You're living up in the Bay Area now, and I hope good and well you're not a Niner fan. Uh, I think you're a little bit leaning toward the Seahawks. But of these two teams that are playing tonight, is there anything that you're kind of looking forward to seeing that you might see tonight? Well, uh, actually, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a little improvement on the, the Dolphins side. Uh, I pretty much know that the Cowboys uh, team basically stays intact with the exception of last year. They're, I think they're a much healthier team. Uh, but as far as the Dolphins go, you know, Tannehill being a second-year quarterback, I'd love to see a little bit more poise and confidence in the pocket. Um, uh, like you mentioned earlier in your program, uh, I was kind of disappointed that uh, Devon Best got uh, traded to the Browns uh, because he was their clutch third-down receiver. Uh, but with the um, addition of Mike Wallace, uh, I, I'm thinking they're hoping to stay away from third and long uh, situations and uh, try to put the ball more in the end zone with the vertical threat. But uh, the Dolphins, I guess, is the team that I'm going to be kind of keeping an eye on to see what they are, uh, what they're going to do, especially since I'm a San Diego Chargers fan. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. If you being an AFC guy, that's going to really, definitely add some interest to you. And we want to talk about the struggles of the Chargers. The best thing about the Chargers this time of year are their powder blue uniforms. But we'll see what happens tonight. <laughs> yeah, we'll, see, we'll see what happens tonight. Because I am, I'm, even though I'm not a fan of the Dolphins, I am actually interested in seeing what type of improvement. Because, like I said, last year, one of their biggest issues was that they were so, entirely so young. I mean, they, 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 they were young in almost every position. So it's hard for a new coach with new players to be real productive. And, and honestly, a 7-9 record for them in their division was somewhat, that was somewhat commendable. Uh, unlike Dallas, an 8-8 eight eight record is absolutely unacceptable. And it's the third year in the world that we had it. And it just said that, again, uh, you know, my fingers point directly at Jason Garrett. We need improvement on him. And one of the things they did is they took away the play calling responsibilities and gave them to Coach Callahan. So hopefully game management, play calling, because we did get a little bit predictable, we definitely got pass happy. Um, but I think part of that also was relying on the fact that our line was so such a patchwork line. Um, another one of the big changes with the Cowboys was that they let go defensive coordinator Rob Ryan, who I personally feel – was used as a scapegoat because with all the injuries we had at the end of last season, he was playing cut and paste with a bunch of guys from off the street. When they were healthy, they played well. But for some odd reason, and I don't know if it was a personality conflict or what, but he's no longer in town. He's gone. I wish him the best of luck in New Orleans. I think they've got uh, a good find in him. But it, if the Dallas Cowboys can't stay healthy, uh, they're going to have the same struggle that they did. But you're definitely right. The team to watch, and there's about three or four teams in the AFC that I'm actually looking forward to seeing this year that struggled last year. And another one is the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they've got potential to make some strides this year too. But I'm kind of, uh, when it comes to the Dolphins, I'm definitely interested to see what's going to happen with their run game. Because the guys they got there now, 
I couldn't tell you anything about him. Lamar Miller played at Miami, the University of Miami. Um, they must be comfortable with him to let Bush go. So they didn't draft anybody because I looked at their draft. I looked at their draft, and I was like, okay, I don't know these guys. <laughs> I like college football. The only one that I knew, I mean, they, they picked Deion Jordan out of Oregon, who is a freak. He is a the Marcus Ware type, they, they're hoping. You never can tell until, you know, he gets popped by a big-time left tackle. But he is uh, uh, Deion Jordan, line, defensive end linebacker out of Oregon. We picked Jamar Taylor, a cornerback out of Boise State. Dallas Thomas, an uh, offensive lineman out of Tennessee. And uh, Will Davis, a cornerback out of Utah State. Those were the guys they drafted in the first three rounds. None of those names, other than Jordan, who some people think went a little too high, was overvalued. So I'm not sure how much they made as for um, big changes on defense when it came into the draft. What they did do, though, is they picked up Danell Ellerby from the Baltimore Ravens, and I think that that's going to actually uh, – he's a linebacker, and he's going to actually add some experience to that defense, and they absolutely need it. So it should be – you're not going to see a whole lot of quality football tonight, more than likely, but it's still football, so I'm, I'm absolutely excited. Yeah, I, I'm kind of excited, too. Just the fact that the Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame game marks the start of the NFL and football season. That's that's, yeah. you know, that's, 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 that's something to get excited thing. about. It doesn't matter what that team is, is playing in. It doesn't matter what team is playing in the Hall of Fame game, but it's like, man, the the dust off the couch, dust off the the beer draft hat. The corn. Get you ready for some tailgating. <laughs> That's right. It's football season. <laughs> but hey, I tell you about the Cowboys. Uh, the the Cowboys. I, I tell you that the biggest problem. For me, in my opinion, is the Cowboys got to get rid of the general manager. I think that guy is holding the team back. And I think once they get rid of the general manager, the the team will flourish. <laughs> well, see, we, we we've got a, the, the Cowboys have a major problem, and a lot of people feel that way. And uh, folks, again, you listen to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Of course, you can call in at. Three four seven nine four five seven nine seven five. You can also hit us offline uh, on our email address at motormouthmosley at Swing by our Twitter, leave us a note. Swing by Facebook, like our page, that kind of good stuff. You can still do that. But as for your last comment, the problem with our general manager is that he's the owner, and the owner ain't gonna fire the general manager <laughs> at least no time soon. Is he a problem? I would say yes, he's a problem to a degree because, uh, and it's not necessarily a player personnel issue, it's a coaching staff issue. Because, in my opinion, Jason Garrett should have been gone a long time ago. Um, he's done some things. You hire a head coach and you hired Wade Phillips. Basically, as a lame duck coach, because everybody knows that your guy is your offensive coordinator. So, yeah, he's done some things that are definitely unorthodox. As a Cowboy fan, do I love him? I have no choice because the guy will spend money. He will get players in there. He does what he thinks is best to win. And I'd rather have an owner that's willing to spend money and try to win than an owner who's always cutting back and could care less about winning. So 
yeah, he's got a problem, but if, if you're going to blame the GM, the GM's big, biggest responsibility is getting talent on the field. Dallas does not have a problem with talent on the field. We've got talent on the field. Well, the question I, I you know, I agree. Dallas does have talent, but where the GM impacts the team is the ability to select a good, strong head coach and staff that, uh, you know, may or may not put the GM in his place. You know, I, I got this feeling that the past coaching staffs, uh, uh, coaching staff after the Jimmy Johnson era were more of yes men to uh, the general manager with the ex- possible exception of Bill Parcells, but he didn't last long in the Dallas organization. No. And, and, and I would agree with you on that. I would agree with you on that, that he's got guys that uh, he's handpicked them. Uh, he will not bring in a strong person. I don't think he will bring in a strong personality uh, that will get in his face, that he will respect. And I think it has to be somebody like a Bill Parcells who has the pedigree, who has the legacy, to basically say, I've done this before, I know what I'm doing. And he has to kind of stay, take a step back. Unless it's a guy like that, I don't see it ever happening, to be honest. I don't see a GM stepping down. Uh, I would love to see him bring in somebody like Bill Cowher, uh, Larry Smith, you know, somebody who is willing to get in his face and stand up to him. Is he a problem? Yeah, he is. Is he a problem that we should still be able to overcome on the field? I think absolutely. I think in spite of the general manager, in spite of the general manager, if we get a coach who knows what he's doing, who can manage a game, who knows how to coach a game, I think we've got a legitimate shot. Uh, if you can get in the Romo's face and say, we do not need you to throw the ball to Jason Winner 135 times a season, and we're better, we're a better team if we spread the ball around, if we mix run and pass, if we have a good dynamic there, if we can stay healthy, those types of things, if our defense is staying healthy and playing up to their ability, I, I, I think we've got a shot. But, you know, none of these questions, none of these scenarios are going to be answered tonight. Because <laughs> we're going to see a bunch of guys that will be selling insurance and cars and everything else in, in about two to four weeks. And uh, they'll be playing in Canada or uh, some other league. But we won't get no real answers tonight. Maybe throughout the next four or five weeks, uh, some things will improve. I hope they will, um, but we'll see. We've got about six minutes left of the show, and I did want to talk about one. Oh, geez, his name has popped up again. But before I go there, I do want to start, uh, just go down to real quickly the list of pre- uh, remaining preseason games for both teams. Dallas plays Oakland next week, following by Arizona, Cincinnati, and Houston. Miami will play Jacksonville, that long drive upstate. And then they'll play Houston, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans. They're basically staying at home. Uh, not, not very far road trips, but it should be interesting for both teams. And there have been teams that have done great in the preseason and then stunk it up once the season started. And there's teams that stunk it up in preseason and ended up having – Super Bowl winning season. So other than for talent evaluation, some teams that need to learn how to win, preseason 
and you can give or take it with me. I mean, it was my opinion. The NFL was talking about stretching it out to six preseason games. All that is is money. Then the owners will make more money. Uh, I don't think it helps in talent evaluation. I think it, it hurts because there's more risk of players getting hurt. I think if you had two or three preseason games, that would be sufficient to get your talent uh, evaluated and, and be ready for kickoff. Uh, as I was getting ready to get into, uh, across my uh, message board came a message last night from an unknown person, an unnamed person, who said that there's going to be some earth-shattering news coming uh, dealing with Texas A&M. The rumor has it, and I said rumor. And we're just throwing this out there because I've seen it now from a couple of different locations that Johnny Manziel is back in the news again, that supposedly he was under investigation by the NCAA for profiting off of autographed materials. Oh, jeez. Coach Howard, <laughs> when are these guys going to learn? <laughs> Some of these players come from situations where they need the money. That's not Johnny's situation. He doesn't need the money. Not at all. So, no, not at so all. What, no, no. What, what? <laughs> he, he, Johnny Menzel, I tell you, he, he's got – he had all the upside, you know, winning the Heisman as a freshman. Um, he's got a great team coming back uh, this year. There was just up – upside on his, on his next two maybe three years if he decided to go pro early but oh man if this stuff is really true uh, it's going to tank not only maybe his college career but his professional career as well well uh, up until uh, something that re- refreshed my memory last night I probably would have agreed with you um, and I guess what I want to say is that players have have overcome situations like this, and Chris Carter last night inducted into the Hall of Fame was a prime example. His right before his senior year at Ohio State, he signed with an agent, basically forfeiting, jeopardized forfeiting his senior year at Ohio State. And here we are, some probably nearly twenty years later, and during his speech last night. He apologized to the fans of Buckeye Nation for jeopardizing his career and not being being there. But yet, what he did, more than anything else, is he overcame that obstacle. He overcame that situation, that mistake, and also did also continue making mistakes when he got to the post because he ended up getting let go by Buddy Ryan at, at the Eagles uh, for substance abuse. And it was the best thing that he said last night that it happened that could happen to him. So basically what happened, what I'm saying is, although Johnny Manziel probably did jeopardize, if this is true, has jeopardized his college career, there's still an opportunity for him to still make good on, uh, in the NFL. Uh, Chris Carter did it. Uh, some other players have gotten in trouble. Uh, Des Bryant, another one, got in trouble when he was in college and uh, first year of the year. So you still have the opportunity to – to do some things, I don't know. I'm not saying that Johnny Manziel is guilty, and I'm not saying that that he has the ability to go ahead and finish up and make a, a, a star career out of himself. But I'm just saying that it's not completely over. It's not completely over. Folks, you listen to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Again, you can reach us. You can um, send donations to... Uh, the Motormouth Mosley Man Cave, P.O. Box 55, Lee Dan, Georgia, 
or you can look me up on my inbox. Um, my Twitter account is mmmosley24. That's on Twitter. Uh, again, you can uh, go to our Facebook uh, fan page and uh, click on About, and you can bring up our PayPal account if you want to just make a donation via that. We're also looking at looking for sponsors or people who want to advertise their business. Feel free to join in. Uh, you've been listening to the Motormouth Mosley Show with Coach Howard calling in. Had some great discussion. Looking forward to some NFL action in about one hour. So you folks go out and get your cervezas ready. Go get your, your chips and your popcorn. Getting ready to watch some football tonight. The season is on. want to thank you for listening in. Have a great week. Enjoy the game. And a lot.